Good evening, and welcome to episode two of Kerry's Chaos. We are standing in my kitchen. And if you have any comments, queries, questions about this podcast, you can reach me as khoth on Twitter, K-H-O-A-T-H, or Kerry, K-E-R-R-Y, at G-O-T-S-S dot net. I forgot to put that in the last podcast. And as a result, people wouldn't have been able to email me. What are we making tonight? Why is this podcast about cooking? Well, let me tell you, we are deep frying. And I don't care how many nutritionists are crying. Some people would argue that an air fryer with its tablespoon of oil and its crispy coated food, which contains the taste of misery and the tears of small children, are the way to go because it's so much better for you. In the words of a friend of mine, I'm not there for that in any way, shape or form. Tonight, I have an amount of oil that should be considered illegal in a home kitchen. And I'm going to make fish and chips the yummy, delicious, shorten your life potentially by years why. And I make no excuses for this. This should be delicious. Now, this podcast goes out to Jessica and Hannah. I love you both very much. And both of you are invited to spend an evening at my house consuming deliciously deep fried food and then we can find another constructive way to spend the rest of the evening once the food has digested. But for the rest of you, I'm going to talk about deep frying from a blind person's perspective, but I'm also going to make fish and chips along the way so that I can have something to have with my chips or my French fries, as you Americans call them. So, first things first, if we're going to start cooking, preheat the oven. This is a step that a lot of people miss. But unless you've got one of those swish ovens that costs far more than I can afford that Nigella Bites has on the TV chefs, you're going to have to preheat your oven. I'm going to cook some crumbed whiting fillets that we bought from Spudgehead. And they are quite delicious. I'll probably cook one of them because they're quite large. And that's 15 minutes aside, which means for the first 15 minutes, I will be able to cook the fish and then I'll be able to cook the chips in the last 15 minutes. So, who knows how much time will be edited out of this podcast. So, let's get some fish out of the freezer. These fillets are in a resealable. Um plastic bag. So we're going to unseal a fish fillet and put it on some baking paper. Well thank you Apple Watch. I've just met another one of my goals. I don't think my podcast listenership needs to know this. This is a lemon flavoured fish. So we're going to get a nice big fillet. It's a superstitious thing. You have to flip them over after 15 minutes. I always cook them upside down first. I don't know why. That's just one of these things that I've always done. 
and I still have two fillets left in my bag. So I don't know if any hot girls who are local listening to this podcast would like to come over for dinner for fish and chips. <laughs> Get in touch. You know, that's a pretty bizarre thing to even put on here, but you never know, the strangest things can work. Now, I've done some preparations earlier because it's always good to prepare your cooking space before you get started. Well, let's actually get the fish going because it will be efficient to get that happening. So I'm going to check my temperature dial on the gas. 20, 40, 60, 80, 200. Thank you to Census for the occupational therapist that came out and stuck these on for me. Uh, that was actually useful. I have a baking sheet. And on the baking sheet, I have a piece of baking paper. And sitting on top of the baking paper is the piece of fish, which is going to go on the top shelf of the oven. So here we go. Set a timer for 15 minutes. 15 minutes, starting now. So what we have is a set of fish stuff that is being warmed up for 15 minutes and then I'm going to turn that fish over and then once I've turned that fish over I'm then going to start preheating my oil. Now there are a couple of things I can show you now on this deep fryer that matter. This is a Tefal deep fryer. It holds four liters of oil, or in American terms, almost a gallon. And I'm using fresh vegetable oil tonight. And this oil was only taken out today, so I can reuse it a couple of times. I will be doing a bowl full of chips or fries, and I will be cooking those for five minutes in the oil. Now, if you are buying a deep fryer as a vision impaired person, you want one that's easy to clean, you want one that's easy to disassemble and preferably you want an analog temperature controller and I will show you why. When I say analog temperature controller I mean a thermostat that is controlled by turning a dial. Now the reason you want this is that it is important to set oil temperature and when you set oil temperature it's handy to know how far the oil has preheated. Now, if you are sighted, you can see a light. There's a light that shows whether the fryer is on. There's also a light that shows if the fryer has power. But if you can't see those lights or don't wish to use a light probe on them, there is another way. Now, because a thermostat works with a bimetal strip and it opens and closes depending on temperature, Turning the dial will cause a click. And I can actually tell by this particular setup that by turning the dial approximately an inch, if we look at how far the pointer moves, that causes the fryer to engage. Now I know that the top temperature of this fryer is 200 degrees Celsius. So what I can actually do is back that back by about half an inch or an inch just to cool that oil down a little bit and when I plug the deep fryer in it will preheat to the point that 
that will actually warm up and we will have a situation where the oil is going to heat to the temperature that I need for deep frying. Now, if you're going to deep fry things like French fries or chips, you need oil at about 180 to 200 degrees centigrade. Uh, you need that oil temperature to be maintained. And in fact, between batches of deep frying, it pays to wait and allow the oil to reheat back up to its temperature because putting in frozen french fries, which is essentially what I'm going to do, is going to take a lot of the heat out of the oil. But luckily for me tonight, I'm only doing one load of french fries. Now, this is a Tefal deep fryer. It holds, I've said, approximately a gallon of oil. Uh, it disassembles fairly easy. It's relatively easy to clean. It has a lid with a glass plate so that if you can see, you can look in and see what's going on with the food. At the back of it, there is a unit that has a, <clears throat> a knob and a switch. Now the switch is very useful because I would be guessing that the switch is dual pole single throw, but when the switch is back away from you, the deep fryer is off. When it is down towards you, the deep fryer is on. And then on the right hand side, we have a temperature dial. If we lift the lid off, the deep fryer. We have a basket that is sitting in the oil and there is a little notch on the front edge of the deep fryer that you can rest the basket on when you need to put things into the basket and we'll talk about that when we get closer to the time. Now at the moment I don't actually need to heat the oil up yet. Um, Generally for safety, we put the lid on top when we're deep frying and stuff to stop oil spitting and stuff. The first time I actually deep fried was in something that was far less safe than this. It was basically a saucepan with a heating element underneath it and a basket that sat in the top of the saucepan that you could put the french fries or the chicken nuggets or whatever you were deep frying in. Now, in some ways it was terribly, terribly unsafe and there were many, many ways of burning yourself. But in other ways, because everything was exposed and you could hear exactly what was going on and what was going on with the food, in some ways it was friendlier than this more safe model. So, I always unplug kitchen appliances when they're not in use for safety reasons. You do not need power to things that are not in use. And as a result of that, we'll run the power cable behind the coffee grinder and plug it into the double adapter on this power point. Now, interestingly enough, we do have a smart switch on this outlet. And the smart switch can only handle 10 amps of current. So if we were to boil the kettle and run the deep fryer at the same time, we would find that we would run out of capacity and we'd actually overload the smart switch. So no running the deep fryer and boiling the kettle at the same time, at least on that smart switch. I believe the electricians told me I could probably pull up to 15 amps out of those wall sockets. I haven't tried. 10 amps is quite a lot at 240 volts. Now, I'm just gonna check my timer status. How much left on the timer? You have eight minutes left on your 15 minute timer. 
So we have eight minutes on our 15 minute timer. So I think I've, well, I'll talk a little bit about the oils and stuff that's involved with deep frying before I decide to actually shut the recording down because I can always edit big gaps out. Uh, We're using the Coles vegetable oil today. Now, if you're going to deep fry things, you want oils that can handle fairly high smoke temperatures. Olive oil may be flavorful and enjoyable in salads and better for you. However, if you are looking at frying things at higher temperatures, the smoke point of olive oil is too low for effective deep frying. Now, the smoke point is the point at which the oil starts to break down and uh, put smoke into the environment. Vegetable oil has a higher smoke point, as does canola oil, as does peanut oil, and if you've got far too much money, sesame oil, and various other oils. So I'd refer you to Google if you want all of the gory details on oil type. But if you're doing this on a budget, you probably want canola oil, uh, or you want vegetable oil. You generally don't want the supermarket version of the oil because it doesn't tend to be as quite a good a quality. You tend to want to buy the brand name oil. I buy Crisco oil or or one of the other brands that, that sort of does that. Now, I've used this oil to cook a Chico roll earlier, and we may do a podcast on cooking Chico rolls. Really depends on what you guys enjoy in the feed. Are these cooking podcasts useful and interesting? Does it matter that blind people can safely deep fry? Is this what you want to know? Uh, I have taught my past few partners how to deep fry. And I think this is a valid skill. If if you're going to be with me and you're going to be intimately involved with me and you have the capability and the drive, I'm going to teach you how to deep fry because... I like French fries, and most people I know like French fries, or deep-fried chicken nuggets, or deep-fried Chico rolls, or deep-fried other things. Now, why would you deep-fry? Well, it gives a crispy, delicious coating, and whatever is in that oil, your body says, yum, this is delicious probably terribly bad for me, probably going to cause all sorts of problems with cholesterol and diet. And please note that you should consult your medical professional if you have any concerns about the nutritional value or your desire to eat this food. We will not be held responsible for any bad things that happen to you. I'm taking my own life into my own hands, making this delicious food. Now, another delicacy we have in Australia is chicken salt. And I think it's chicken stock mixed with vegeta. I'm not 100% sure about that. And it's kind of, it's also called chippy salt. And it's quite nice to sprinkle over fries. And if I can find my container of chippy salt, I will be doing this. Although, obviously, uh, given the fact that if I cannot find that, then I'll probably resort to kosher salt. Now... Deep frying, we need a plate, which is what the chips will be emptied onto. 
we need a paper towel. And the reason we want paper towel is to absorb excess oil. Because whilst we want it to be deep fried deliciousness, we do not want it to be deep fried oil laden deliciousness, which is what you'd normally get from you know, one of those truck stops or something in America. Uh, Americans are very big on their fat and their oil, and I can see why air fryers would be popular. Although I tended to find with fit chips personally that you would go and buy these fit chips that were, you know, commercially air fried and you would have to add all these sauces to them to get them to taste somewhat enjoyable. So I have a paper towel folded in half on that plate, which is what the chips are going to be dropped onto when it's time to do that. I'm now going to get a regular sized cereal bowl and the reason we use a regular sized cereal bowl they're the ones that are about an inch and a bit deep and about six inches across maybe five inches across I don't have a tape measure that's accessible right here at the moment is that that is a good vessel for measuring the amount of chips that are going to go into your deep fryer so that goes in front of the kettle to the right of my plate. Now the other thing is do not thaw your chips. Keep your chips frozen until you are ready to use them because you want to put them into the deep fryer frozen. I'm just going to check my time remaining because I may have to flip the fish. How much left on the timer? You have one minute and 40 seconds left on the fifth minute timer. So we're going to start preheating oil because even if the oil preheats before we get the fries ready to do, it will be possible to just turn the deep fryer off at the switch. Now I'm gonna turn that switch on, and in fact, if you listen carefully, you can actually hear a hum from the deep fryer. And uh, it's preheating that oil as we speak. And I can turn the dial, and depending on how far I can turn it back from the end, um, to, tells me how hot that oil is. Because the further back you turn it and the thermostat clicks off, that means that uh, the oil is still quite cold. And that click point will move further and further towards the right end of the dial until the oil reaches the temperature that you want it to and it, it cuts off. And that is a really handy hint to to know about thermostats if you if you can't see and they are the analog style of thermostats so if you can find a deep fryer with an analog thermostat there's definitely an advantage from a vision impaired perspective to having one of those i do apologize for the noise of my shoes on the floor i'm, I'm wearing some flip-flops around the house just because they're comfortable now to check whether the deep fryer is, is warming up, you can lift the lid and place your hand over the top of the oil. Uh, and I'm saying right level with the top of the deep fryer because the oil is about an inch and a half below my hand. And I do not want my hand in the oil in any way, shape or form. I can feel the heat radiating up from that oil. Stop. Set aside two timer for 15 minutes. Side to timer, 15 minutes, starting now. So that's our side two timer for our fish. 
pull that out, flip the fish over, drop it back in. Should have technically started the timer once I dropped it back in. Set a wait timer for nine minutes. Timer for how long? Eight minutes. Wait timer, eight minutes, starting now. So 15 minus eight is seven minutes, which is enough time for me to check my oil, check the temperature of the oil, get the fries out of the freezer, preload the bowl and get the stuff ready to go. Now, I will basically wrap it on for this time because I don't know how much I'm going to edit out here. Honestly, this is a sort of a half an hour cooking experience and I'd like you guys to sort of have the whole thing rather than sort of stopping and starting the recorder. This is one of my lazy meals. It can be made pretty much in 30 to 35 minutes and it's quite delicious. It's a crowd pleaser. If you're doing something like steak and chips, they can be done more quickly. If you're going to cook a nice piece of steak and do it for three to four minutes aside and add some chips on, that means it's a better cook time of about eight minutes and you can then do your chips within that time and have steak and chips. Now I will get Jessica on and talk to her about her steak cooking technique because she's certainly getting good at these as she learns how to make steaks better. I am tonight just doing fish and chips mainly because there's not a lot of effort required to babysit the fish. It sits in the oven and essentially cooks. Now I'm just checking that that oil is getting hotter. Very important to lift the lid straight up and off this deep fry because you do not want the back of the lid splashing into the oil. You really don't want oil splashing around if you can help it because this oil does get quite hot and you do not want the oil deep frying you, which is why I'm putting my sleeves up. Now, a lot of people would say that deep frying is unsafe for blind people or that they shouldn't be doing it. If proper safety considerations are adhered to, you shouldn't really have too much of a problem. Have your deep fryer on a stable, safe surface. Make sure that you can get it all sides of the deep fryer so that you can maintain it and move the basket and all of that sort of stuff. Make sure that when you're lifting your basket out that it's not going to hit onto anything else in the kitchen. So if you've got shelving above where the deep fryer is, that's probably not a great idea. Also, deep fryers do put heat up through the top of the deep fryer, which means that it will actually get quite warm. And I'm just now I've actually just turned that back and it's actually showed me that I only have to turn it about a quarter turn to get the, 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 the thing to flick off. So what I'm gonna do is ease that back. That's about the temperature I want it. But to save power, because this thing does draw about two kilowatts to run the element. Uh, once the oil is preheated, I'm going to flick it off until the timer gets down to the point where you 
need to put the chips and things in and that way I'll have time to preheat that oil back up to the level that I need it to. Yep, still preheating. But if we wait, there will actually be a click when it reaches temperature. And that shouldn't take too long. I don't know why we have emergency people in our area. Uh, once it does reach that point, it will actually go click and the thermostat will shut down until the oil cools down, whereupon the deep fryer will be turned back on again. And as the oil heats up, you can hear it starting to make some noises. It's not too noisy at the moment, it will become a lot more noisy once we put food in it. So there we go, there's our click for the thermostat turning off. Now the oil is fairly hot, it will hold its heat for quite a while, so I'm going to flick that off to save some power. And essentially, we're just filling time until the fish has cooked to a significant degree. Now, if I was home by myself and I wasn't making a podcast, I would have something cranked out of the speakers and I would probably be dancing around the kitchen, filling in time or doing something else like making a coffee or similar. Let's get a timer status. How much left on the timer? You have two timers. Wait, with about two minutes and ten seconds left. And so two, with about eight minutes and forty seconds left. Two minutes and ten seconds. Well, I can certainly fill in that amount of time. So, I think it's probably worth mentioning that if you want to hear something, if you want me to podcast on something, you want me to talk about my smart lights, you want me to talk about, say, for example, certain computer things like backup or Restick or cloud storage or hypnosis or lock picking. I do have a couple planned on polyamory if people are interested. How do you manage having multiple partners without them ganging up on you all the time? Also, I can do podcasts on how to change tap washers. All of these things I would also like to point out were shown to me by very patient and understanding sighted people. And I think that for a vision impaired person to gain experience and confidence in looking after their own home environment, it's very important that they are shown the things that they can do as opposed to being told the things that they potentially can't do. So we're getting to the point where uh, this should be fairly close to being needed. So I'm actually going to flick the switch back on and let the oil preheat. And ultimately we want the fish and the chips to be ready around about the same time. And that's why I do the chips towards the end. If I had another person here, I would absolutely run multiple batches of chips and when I have been feeding females, or fed males as well. Your one time is done. Stop. 
I usually put a bowl of chips in front of them and let them snack on the chips and they can then get on with eating them. Timer status. You have five minutes and 50 seconds left on the side of the timer. Ah, I'm actually a bit under my side two timer, so let's stop. I know there's about six minutes to go on the fish, and one of the ways to not stress yourself out is to not run timers that you don't need. So we're going to essentially work on the chips. So we fill the bowl with chips. We can actually do quite a full bowl of chips because we have plenty of hot oil. So we're going to do that. Now, once we have a bowl full of chips, or fries if you want to call them that, put the unused chips back in the freezer. Probably have enough for one more meal or at least a side of fries or chips with the rest of the food. Now, here's where it gets interesting. We need to get our fries into the deep fryer. So, lift the lid, put it down somewhere stable, lift the basket, bring it forward by about five mils, but lift it up and drop it down onto the retaining hook that holds it. Make sure it's locked into place. Uh, let's just test this because when we go to pick the basket up, it's very important that the edge of it is locked into place. It is. Now, we take our bowl of fries, we empty them into the basket, but I usually start at the back and work my way to the front as I empty them. And the reason we do that, and then we carefully spread the top of the fries so that they're evenly spread. Once they're evenly spread, drop the basket down into the oil. Put the lid back on. Set the timer for five minutes. Chips. Timer status. You have two timers. Side two, with about 10 minutes and 10 seconds left. And 85 more timer, with about 10 minutes and 10 seconds left. Cancel the side two timer. Cancel the side two timer. Side two. Side two timer canceled. Okay, so now we only have the timer that we need left. And essentially, we stand around and wait for the fries to cook. Now, generally fries are three to five minutes. If you've got shoestring fries, they tend to be a bit thinner. So you can do those for sort of less time, three to four minutes. Uh, if you've got these sort of smallish fries that are fairly thin, these are not steak fries, you could do those for five minutes. You'd probably do things like steak fries for about six or seven minutes because you've got to get them cooked all the way through. You've got to get that hot oil on the outside to crisp them up and still manage to warm them through 
so that they are cooked. Essentially we've got the fish will be ready in about four minutes or so. So basically running the fish timer in parallel with the end of the chips. So the fish may get a little bit more than it actually needs, but it shouldn't burn in that time. And our chips are busily frying there. Once they're fried, the more challenging thing to do is to get the fries out. Now, be careful with the deep fryer because it does have vents on the top and some quite hot air and steam from the water that's in the fries, uh, because they are frozen fries, uh, will come out of the fryer. If you slice up your own potatoes and you dry them all off with a tea towel and all that sort of thing, you'll have a lot less moisture leakage than you will if you make them with frozen French fries. Timer status. Interesting. For some reason that's buffering. Um, I hope that my bandwidth isn't being too heavily utilised. It is Sunday night and we probably do have busy internet, so it's not unsurprising. So basically the aim of the game once these fries are finished cooking is to lift the basket out of the oil, to gently agitate the basket from left to right to get any of the oil that is collected on the fries off them, and then to flip the basket full of fries onto the plate that contains the paper towel. And all of that excitement will happen in a minute or two, and it takes practice. The first couple of times you're doing it, you will probably end up with some fries all over the bench and some fries all over the floor. It's up to your morals and reasoning as to whether the five second rule applies with freshly cooked fries. It usually does. Even though there is no scientific basis to the five second rule, you can actually get bacteria on things as soon as it hits the ground. The bacteria don't sort of hang about and go, well, we've got to give them a five second margin of error. We'll just hang back here for a bit. And then once we do that, I will add the chippy salt to the chips and I will extract the fish from the oven. And once the fish is cooked, it will actually be quite soft and it can be quite difficult to lift off the tray in one piece. So I have an egg flip because that really does make life easier and I don't have to fight with it. Timer status. So we're getting ready. Stop. Now, patient action. Do not panic because that's when things go bad. Lid off the deep fryer. Lift our basket. And you can hear oil dripping off those fries. Yeah. While we think about it, we're not frying more, so let's just turn that off. The oil in this basket is still very hot, so very important to keep your fingers off it. 
pull this across over the top of the plate and tip forward and even as you heard a couple fell onto the bench. So my benches are clean. I'm personally going to risk it and pick the fries that did not make it onto the plate up off the bench and chip tacks. Oh, deliciously crunchy and soft in the middle. So I would argue that these fries are a success. Pick up the chippy salt, open it up, shake some chippy salt all over the fries to give it the flavor. There we go. Now, as we're going for maximum, well, maximum unhealthiness, I'm not the heart attack restaurant. I'm actually going to add a can of fizzy drink to this meal because the fizzy drink will help break down the oil. So now when I lift the fish out of the oven and put it towards the back of the oven, and there's a reason for that. So we lift out the tray, slide it to the back of the oven. Which leaves the front two gas rings uncovered. We take our plate, which is chips on a paper towel, put that in front of the tray. It's in front of the tray on the left hand side. And we take our egg flip, reach back behind the plate. Slide it under our piece of fish, like so, and lift under the plate. Look at that. So, we now have fish and chips. If you've got oily cooking appliances or things like this, like I just had oil on that egg flip, best to rinse them off straight away. Keep your tools clean. And now all that remains is for me to grab a can of drink and move the food to the table, making sure that the oven is turned off and the deep fryer is turned off. And in fact, for extra safety, we're actually going to unplug the deep fryer so that there's no possible way the power can get to it and stow the cable because we've essentially finished what we set out to do. So, coil the cable up, stow it in the back and That deep fryer, the oil can cool down and it can be stored away later. So I'm going to move the recorder onto the table.
I will come back for the food. So, there's the recorder on the, the paper towel where it was yesterday. We need our drink. We need our food. This podcast has been educational and enjoyable. Any comments, queries, questions, get in touch with me, K-H-O-A-T-H on Twitter or Kerry at G-O-T-S-S dot net, K-E-R-R-Y. I'm going to sit down and enjoy dinner. Cheers, guys. Hope you guys tune into the next episode and uh, enjoy. Episode 2 of Kerry's Chaos. Thanks for listening. <laughs>